0: Speak softly, loud and hold me warm against your heart. I hear your words, the tender trembling... Welcome, everybody. We're back. Another episode of Hollywood Godfather with my compadre who wrote the book with me. I did, did that. Godfather. You did. Oh, we should stop... <laughs> Talking about our the book, and we're writing our next book, and it's be out for Christmas. This well, the, I, the,
1: you know, that's going to be one of the email questions, so let's hold on hold okay. a little bit. All right,
0: please. Okay. Oh, we'll be talking about it shortly. Pat, let's get into the mailbag. This show mail is bag. all about mail. mail. Oh, we love mailbag.
1: We don't have to prepare anything, <laughs> we can just read stuff.
0: All
1: right. Uh, this is from Lynette. Uh, I can't thank you enough for your recommendations of books. I find myself ordering most of them, including all of yours. Uh, For me, uh, your endorsement of the reading material is all I need. I always look forward to Wednesday mornings so I can listen to the show, and I save all of them. Thank you for all your hard work and dedication. Okay. Now, this is interesting, for me anyway. Have you ever entertained the thought of having Bob Cooley on? He was a Chicago attorney who represented the mob and turned informant. Again, thank you for your dedication for being the best. Okay, let's start with the books first. We'll get into Cooley in a second. Yeah. I know Cooley as well. All right, yeah, yeah. I'm an avid reader. Uh, you know, people ask me how many books I read. And you're going to think this is odd. Probably fifty a year. I watch. I I, I read more than I watch TV. In fact, that that's not a, about smart. Part, pardon me?
0: that's smart. There's not the yeah. TV you can learn anything
1: from. Yeah, you know, I mean, I've got a, a handful of shows that I like. I record them and I watch them when I want. Uh, generally uh, on uh, during the day on the weekends when I like to just cool out. And I don't like to work on the weekends at all. Sometimes that doesn't always work. But uh, yeah, you know, I've got a whole bunch of authors. The last time I spoke about this, I didn't mention a few. Uh, those of you who haven't read Lawrence Block, B-L-O-C-K uh Probably the, the crime writer I admire the most. He has a series about an unlicensed private investigator named Matt Scudder, uh, C-U-D-D-E-R. He, watched, he uh, writes quite a few series. He's in his 80s now, he's still going strong. But the Lawrence Block series, Ma- uh, Matthew Scudder, I highly recommend that you uh, read it. If you, I mean, the guy is just uh, he's brilliant with dialogue. The stories take place in uh, New York. New York is actually a character in the books. He's so good. So I, I I highly recommend them. Okay, now Bob Cooley. Bob Cooley was an attorney in Chicago who called me. This is coincidental. I mean, I, I didn't even know this was going to be here. Bob Cooley called me in the middle of the night. This was had to be about 12 years ago. He heard of me and he said, uh, I, "I want you to write my story." And I said, "Okay, well, I'll, I'll come out to Chicago." He says, "Well, I got a little problem. I'm in I'm in WITSEC, uh, witness protection program, and everybody's after me." <laughs> so he said, "You know, uh, we have to uh, we have to go to a safe house." So I said, "Well, I, I hope you got one in Pittsburgh because I'm not going to Oregon." He says, "I got one in Pittsburgh." So uh, I meet him in Pittsburgh, and you know, I also asked him how he's making a living because he can't be an attorney anymore. He's a uh, day trader. Stocks have laptop will travel. That's what he does. Anyway, he uh, he was a police officer first in Chicago. He represented uh, while he was going while he was a police officer. He went to law school. He wound, wound up representing a lot of mob guys and a lot of associates of mob guys, a lot of union people. And he knew where all the bones were buried, so to speak. His story was to me. Well, let me preface this by saying if I'm doing a book with someone. From collaborating with someone, the first thing we have to agree to is you got to tell the truth. You don't tell the truth. The publishers will see it. I'll know it. And my writing is going to be slanted because of it. You know, we're not here not to offend people, you know, but part of life is, particularly in, in, in the lives of the people that I've written about, they've done things maybe they're not so proud of, but you have to tell it like it is. So he swore to me that he would do that. So anyway, we meet in this house somewhere in the the bowels of Pittsburgh. And as soon as I started talking to him, I knew I had a problem. Uh, He very well-spoken guy, very articulate, very intelligent. But he indicated, you know, because I asked him right off. I said, why did you flip? He said, well, it wasn't a question of flipping. He said they didn't have anything on but He said, "Uh, I was just tired of. Of uh, working for these people, and I, I knew so much, and he knew a lot. Uh, he knew literally where all the bodies were buried.
0: So and, I just and let to ask it you a question. Uh, he, you said this happened twelve years ago, uh, but I'm thinking twelve. Yeah. And who who was he around? Who I mean, let's go back twenty years. Who who was he defending in twenty years in, in Chicago? It was, you know, defending
1: slash bag man. I would categorize him as. He was the uh, the liaison between people, for the most part. But he did go to court, but not very often. Oh. Uh, but he was an attorney, member of the bar. Uh, the, the, when he flipped, or as he would say, when when, when he saw the light, he uh, he turned in a lot. There was several hitmen, uh, prolific hitmen. If uh, if the listeners uh, recall uh, Paul Ciolone, who was uh, Cioloni, who was on our podcast twice, uh, we discussed Bob Cooley. Then he uh, he was the cause of a judge killing himself because he had evidence against a judge for taking bribes. You have to understand something about Chicago, particularly back in the day, 20 years and before, and now it's got a reputation too as being a corrupt city, as we, as Gianni and I know. But back in the day, it was really bad. Anyway, oh, wow. yeah, well, that was so corrupt. I, I, I made a couple of phone calls. I was going back and forth, you know. For, so I live around Pittsburgh, so I, I I made a couple of calls. One was to, to Paul, and I said, "I got this guy coolly, you know." And I, I "So he didn't flip. They caught him with his hand in the proverbial cookie jar." Then he decided that he saw he, he saw God, you know. And that happens with a lot of guys. I don't blame anybody for doing that. I mean, I'm, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna judge anybody. You're looking at 40 years in jail uh, he was single never had any kids uh but still he you know went to the same as hide and, hey people that's what you want to do that's what you want to do i mean it's uh, none of my business however i couldn't really and in, in, i couldn't ethically go along with it because i knew you know once you lie, just like when you're going into the witness protection program and you and you, you, you really do flip as a as a, as a gangster they uh they, they tell you right out, we catch you lying once, just once. This is what happened to Gas Castle. He, he wanted a flip. He wanted to testify, get out of prison. And they they agreed, and they, they caught him. A couple of lies. They just killed it. He would have been made a great witness, but no lies whatsoever about anything, whether it's relative or germane to the topic, anything. You lie, you're out. That's my attitude, too. We're gonna we're gonna start talking. I mean, a little fib about something an exaggeration—that's fine. But dude, when you change history, that's a different story. So, after the third day, I said, "Look, let me think about this because I, I wanted to make some more calls." Now, I keep a case of books in my trunk. Uh, books I've read. Uh, uh, Brother,
0: uh, oh, you told uh, me about this guy, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> so, I mean, I just keep him there, you know. It's helped me out, particularly uh, when, when I get stopped by the police, which doesn't happen often. I mean, I'm I don't have a lead foot, but every now and then I'll jump a light or, or, or try to try to you know run through a yellow light that turns red or something, whatever. Nothing mm-hmm. malicious, uh, but I got got a car that stands out, you know. So. I get stopped every now and then. And, uh, you know, the the police, I'm always going to tell them, you know, who I am, who I was, you know, cops don't get cops summonses. That's no big secret, even retired cops, but you got to be, you have to be a gentleman. So I always identify myself. I apologize for whatever I did, but police are always uh, very courteous. And now I want to do something for them. So I say, you know, if you have a couple of minutes, let me pull over to the side here and I said, I'm, I'm going to get something out of the trunk. I don't want to take get a shotgun out. you know." <laughs> and I said, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a book. I want to give you a book. So before I get out, I tell them I'm a writer. And I, I give him a book and I signed it. And they love it. You know, it's something that they don't get every day. And I've given a lot of books out like that. So that's why I keep the, uh, the case of books in it. So anyway, we get in the car and driving up to the airport, Cooley. And he says, uh... Well, before he gets in, he says, yeah, I just sit in the car. I got to put my luggage. I put it in your trunk. You know what's coming here. So anyway, I guess his luggage in the trunk. I drive him to the airport. I said, I'll be in touch. I go home. Books are missing. Now, can I say positively? Absolutely. That he stole my books. No, I didn't see him do it. And being the fit minded person that I am, I banked it. And I just called him up and I said, uh, I don't think this project's for me. So we know Cooley could probably have him on the show, but I don't know about you, Johnny, but <laughs> I, no. no, he, he I would either. do he I wouldn't want would him tell to tell a story, but uh, no, thank you. So that's my thoughts on Bob Cooley. But this is how we learn, you know, if, if you're going into this business or any business for that matter, you have to. Be able to trust who you're working with. I don't care if your partner's in a, 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 a shoe shine stand. Yeah, there's got to be a level of trust there. And with that guy,
0: well, there it's not like it. you say, he could say good morning to you, and you're going to question if it's morning, and you'll see if the sun's up. I <laughs> had to look <laughs> out know? the window.
1: Yeah. it was a tinted, so I did have to look. You know? <laughs> oh, okay. Okay, uh, this one is for everyone. I guess that's me and you. From Eric. Love the book and love the podcast. I'm not a reader, but I am a listener. The way Pat wrote the book and the way you read it uh, is incredible. Uh, Now for the reason I'm I'm writing, which I have never done before. I actually watched the show The Author. I wasn't going to watch it because of the way they left you out. The reason for writing is because they made you look like a woman beater. They basically said that uh, Jimmy Khan beat you up during the fight scene because you actually hit Talia Shire during the scene with you and in her bathroom. Just wanted to give you a heads up. You can...
0: I've been hearing a lot about that and I never watched the offer and fortunately um, we're going to keep your... um, I'd I'd like Pat to forward that to me because I'm collecting a lot of this negativity to say it mildly of how they projected (laughs) me in the offer and... um, you'll be hearing about in the next few weeks, a major press conference. I'm not letting this go. I'm, I'm yeah. Not- I
1: don't blame you, Johnny. It's, uh, there's one thing, you know, you can say there was a, a little literary license here, but if you slander and libel people, I mean, and it's this is evidently, uh, uh, sl- uh, uh, slander and libel, it's both written and spoken because they promoted this in addition to showing it, it's been out for about six months. Yeah, you
0: got a case here, my friend. Well, not only, it's, not, it's not even about the case. You know, it's bothering me is that I have been a gentleman to every wife's girlfriend. Everybody knows this. And after 50 years of having such a great history of The Godfather and, and being a part of American history in film, why did they pick on my character, Johnny Russo? And make me be this person. And we've known, we've gone through this whole Me Too thing this past 10 years, and people have been destroyed just by rumors. And I don't want, I'm not even, I'm not, I'm gonna be 80 years old, nobody's gonna destroy me with bullshit. But the bottom line is, when you're lying about what I did, and Tyus Shire and I traveled during the 25th anniversary around the world. And we've never had it. I mean, never had a problem. We've been friends. I knew the mother and father. I mean, it's it's crazy why they would dig, you know, people are analyzing it saying, well, they made, they needed an emphasis. They need a, 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 something that to hang their hat on. They picked me. Well, I'm, I'm but not- But you can do that.
1: that. You can do that when it's drama, when it's fiction. Right. It's supposed to be a true story. You can't do that then. No. Uh, a true story is supposed to be exactly that. You can do something for a little literary license, uh, exaggerate something, expand upon something, but out and out, tell mistruths. I don't know why they would think that you, they'd never
0: hear from you on this. I don't get it. I don't either. But, but you know, that's the other thing that bothered me, and even my lawyers would have been c- conferring about that. Knowing you're alive and, and you're out there, I mean, you, you, you're, you're in business with Paramount and with food products and all that. Why didn't someone you know, vet the story and said, did this happen? The guy, you're talking about a living person, me. I'm, <laughs> yeah, I'm not ha- hard to find. So. No. But, I mean, it's, it's, it bothers me. I'm a very sensitive person, especially when it comes to a lie about hitting a woman. Because, you know, I have bad memories. My father was a womanizer, and, and he, he really uh, brutalized my mother. And it's not a good memory. And now for me to be put into that category where I never did that. I mean, and any of my ex-wives would love to say that, but they can't. They know I never did it. So, I mean, it's... Uh, but this is to be continued, believe me. But thank yes,
1: you. Yes, you're going to hear more on this. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, we are getting more and more of these, and I'm saving everything.
0: So. Yeah, please, that one I bought.
1: Hey, for Gianni. Uh, hi, Gianni. I'm originally from Youngstown, Ohio, and I've lived in Manhattan for decades now. My question is, did you ever meet a man from Youngstown named Mario Gweri? Uh That's a tough pronunciation. Not really. Wary. Anyway, thank you. Love the show. You are wonderful.
0: Thank you. Thank you. I'll be out in Youngstown. I'll be there in uh, March doing a concert at, uh, in, in my friend uh, D. Martin's a little town. So I'll be there. Look, look it up and come and see me. But, uh, no, I never heard of this guy. I mean, you could have used another alias. I don't know I mean you know I meet a lot of people, but if I knew the dates and time, then I would be more specific but I never heard of this guy Agueri.
1: It's you know they're probably banking artists. it's not a very common last name, but you have to put it into context you know Yeah. Uh, and no context. if you can if you can elaborate maybe who was he with or something and uh, okay. Okay, that's uh, we we didn't finish. <laughs> so I had to go to an next page. Sorry about that. Okay, during this is from the same person, okay. during your time in Las Vegas, did you know a man named Frank Scu-
0: Scungilio? Nope. Scungio? Nope. Scungio. Scungio, No, maybe he had a nickname too. You know, I I I meet so many people. I hate to say I don't know, him, but maybe he was a customer in the club. But you know, it's there's this such a general no lead questions yeah but
1: once again uh, out of context where where would we know or where would Gianni know this person from is S-C-U-N-G-I-O Scungio
0: nope moving on (laughs)
1: moving on from Monica hello my question is for Gianni did you know Ann Margaret and Roger Smith I understand they were real swingers any Ah. truth to that rumor
0: I loved them. I I met Anne margaret with Elvis. And I was there, actually. I saw the night when she fell at, she was at the International Hotel. She had an accident during a show. And um, I stayed in friends with her and and Roger. And maybe you don't know this, and you should get the movie. One of the movies I was involved producing with uh, Oliver Stone and all of them was Any Given Sunday. And I hired Anne Margaret to be Cameron Diaz's mother. And when I called Roger up because he manages her at the time, and he said, "Johnny, she's you know she's you know she's got a problem." I said, "I know." I said, "But if, did you read the script?" I said, "I didn't let her read it because you know she can't do it." I said, "Why?" I said, "Because Johnny, she's an alcoholic." I said, "That's who that's who Cameron Diaz's mother is in the movie." <laughs> Just tell her to come drunk. Do whatever you want. Yeah. Just ad lib, and can she well, say hi? Yeah. And uh, she looks pretty. She's in her eighties. She looks pretty good. No, oh, she was good. I mean, we, we had so much fun on the set, and there, that, that movie, yeah, had, eighty. I mean, we we have eighty-six movie stars in that movie. We brought wow, everybody yeah, back between yeah, the uh, legends. Roger and,
1: Smith, for those of you who don't know who he was. Uh, he was one of the stars of 77 Sunset Strip. Yep. Uh, it was an ABC show. It was one of my favorite shows when I was a kid. I loved that show. Yeah. He, he played the opposite, uh, Ephraim Zimbalist. Yep. And he got Eddie Coopy Burns. Uh, and Roger Smith the, didn't pass away too long ago, I think last year.
0: Yeah. He, he was, was sick was, for uh, a long time, though.
1: Yeah, he was sick for a very long time. Yeah. I don't know what he had, but it was a debilitating disease. Yeah, it was basically...
0: A- a- what do you have? We I don't know about I, I I never asked, but we made him very comfortable. He came. We 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 shot all of that down in Dallas thanks to Jerry Jones. He lent us his studio, I mean his stadium, because the NFL was so mad at us making this movie because we were telling it the way it was. I mean, these football players played hard, man, with drugs and everything else, but uh, it was good. I think it was a good movie, but If you want to see Anne margaret in one of her last great performances, any given Sunday with Pacino.
1: That's probably on some streaming service, right?
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, my God, yeah. It's big. I get residuals Uh from it all the time, so I know it's out there.
1: Okay, this is for you and I, Gianni, from uh, Juan. Have you heard of Vince Chachi at C-I-A-C-C-I? He wrote a book called My Life, and the mafia, it was excellent. You should have him on your show.
0: Well, Pat, read the book, and I thinking.
1: did. Funny you should bring it up. I okay. just finished listening to it in an unabridged audio version. This guy, uh, this isn't your regular book, and not, you know, the title is "My Life and the Mafia." He right. doesn't say "My Life in the Mafia" because he wasn't in the mafia. He was an associate. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was very impressed with this uh, it, this is an oral history is what this is when uh, he, he did, did this as uh, uh, an audio book he just told his life story and I think about 15 hours so it was long unabridged
0: oh so and it, it never just, came out in, 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 in print as a
1: book yeah, yeah it, oh, it did come out oh, as a book but at the audio version you can tell he's not reading it he's just talking about his life and uh, you know I mean just, just like Johnny and and, and and myself, and we have seen guys in, in the life, whether they're made guys or associates, how they were brought up, where they were brought up. This is a, a Lower East Side guy, and he, he mentions a lot of places that you and I know. Uh, oh, from Manhattan? And yeah. yeah. Okay. Manhattan. Uh, and how he came up, and you, you, can, you can see the, the, the story fits the mold of uh, other people. He's, he's impressed by the women and the money, the clothes, and he's talking about. Uh, he's, he it, starts pulling. It, it's a
0: normal attraction.
1: <laughs> yeah, home invasions. Uh, he's selling drugs. He's using drugs. He's hooked on heroin.
0: This and guy he said, said,
1: "Yeah, he said, wow. and this is this is what kept me from getting made." He said, the the, "the the junk," and he says, "I'm surprised I didn't get whacked." This guy, I tell you, he would make a great guest for two shows. Maybe just sit back and listen, uh, there have to be a disclaimer. Uh, because but, he's but a is it,
0: But, but is, it, is it true? What he's Yes, about?
1: it's true. Yeah. yeah, a lot of the places I know, the joint on the west side called the Headliner, oh, which yeah, I, right I used to go to because it was not too far from uh, uh, Midtown North, it used to be the 18th precinct, and uh, we used to go there after after work. It was half wise guys, half cops, well, but he's, men-
0: he's mentioning names that we know.
1: A lot of names. I'd say he'd be a great, a fantastic guest. I'm trying to find him now, but I tell you, his renaissance, how he redeemed himself. At the end of the book, I tell you, I tears in my eyes. The way he describes in the last couple of chapters how how he he, he, he overdosed so many times. He ripped so many people off. A bunch of wives, the people wow. whose lives he destroyed. And he's totally honest about it doesn't bring himself out to be anything other than what he was. And he tells it in street talk. He's not an educated guy, a lot of swearing in there, but it's part of the life, part of his life. And we, we couldn't say, Hey, you can come on the show, but you can't use bad language. We'll have, if I get him, you know, if I can find him, and I will, uh, we have a disclaimer before the show. This is, this is a raw interview. This is the way this guy is. This is the real deal. Anyway, he turns his life around. He hasn't had a, a drink Anything in 28 years, he became a hairstylist in Brentwood, <laughs> California.
0: California. I love it.
1: Owns his own shop. He's got his own his own website. I mean, how old is he? Well, I'm figuring uh, probably late 70s, around my age somewhere, 70 75.
0: When so did ago. he open the salon? Not too long ago. <laughs> <Why>? uh, <laughs>
1: he worked what? Well, he worked for, for other salons. He says he, he'd be high on heroin. He was making drug deals in the place, uh, wherever he worked. He was a real, real he, 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 he never met a score he didn't like. He'd take everything. He, anybody make, made an offer, he'd go. He'd steal. That was just an amazing guy. You don't like him throughout the book, but he changes. And one day, he just he just woke up like his third OD. Uh, he, and And he had a daughter. And that's oh, what wow. did it. he did. He yeah. didn't want to have her think of him as who as who he was in the past. He wanted to change his life. He totally flipped it. AA. It, it, he's involved in all kinds of organizations, people he helped, charities. And uh, there's pictures of him on the website. I tell you, from what he went through, he looks pretty good. Uh, he's fit. Uh, but I'm looking for this guy. And uh, I, I want to make him an offer he can't refuse. Why,
0: why, he's, why don't you just... Call a salon and book an appointment.
1: <laughs> well, I always like to preface. He doesn't know who he's talking to. I I, I want to uh, so with what I do with with any guest. You know, that I'm trying to get for the show, uh, I want to be able to, to like, uh, you know, Google names, Google books. You right. talk to people in one they and out the other. Yeah, I have a podcast. Everybody has a podcast. Right, so. right. But uh, there's so many. Uh, uh, things that I remember so vividly about the Lower East Side of some of these clubs. And he shopped for all his clothes at at, at, uh, at uh, Leighton's. I mean, how many times were you there? Hello, I used yeah. to look in the window as a kid. I couldn't afford the prices. Hmm. But, uh, and it's, it's humorous. It's a, just a great guy. It's uh, he's a great guy now. I, I, I wouldn't want to be in the same room with him when he was doing what he was doing. But, uh, yeah, we're going to look for him. Uh, Juan. And, uh if we have anything to say about it, he'll be a guest. Of course, it's up to him, and of course, he has a podcast. Right? Okay. Who doesn't have a podcast? My cat has a podcast. Okay. But anyway, you know, I, he 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 wrote two books. I just I just read one of them and listened to one of them. Absolutely fabulous. Okay. Uh, why don't we go to a to a commercial then?
0: Okay, please. Yeah, we'll be right back. We'll make some money, and you'll be waiting for us. I hope. Let's hope. Welcome, everybody. And I'm so happy to be able to tell you tonight that we are expanding not only the show, not only how you can participate and share into so many different facts of my life and the life of this podcast and the world we created. We are going to expand our family. You're going to have an opportunity to actually join our family. And it'll be up to you how far you go in our family. By the purchases of things we're putting out to you, uh, the opportunities that you can take advantage of, like having a one-on-one conversation with me, having me visit your home while you have 10 people for dinner. There's so many things that you're going to be so excited. Just go to HollywoodGodfatherFamily.com and it'll have all the information you want. And believe me, I want you in my family. Don't let me come looking for you. I'm really excited to announce Pala Casino Spa and Resorts in California. The phone number for reservations is 760 510. I'll be there one night, October 1st, a Saturday night. Come and catch the show. Sometime. It's an evening you can't refuse. And I guarantee Everybody you, when you leave, you will be amazed at what you're going to see. Remember, Pala Casino and Spa and Resorts, 760-510-5100. October 1st. Okay, we're back.
1: Okay. For Gianni and Patrick from Whitey, there are a lot of fashion and style channels on YouTube for younger guys. Have you ever considered having a YouTube-style channel for older men? You guys talk about clothes occasionally, and Gianni has his own clothing line. And a YouTube channel sounds like a good idea. Do you have any style advice for us older guys?
0: Color, color. Well, oh, I, I one think color is good
1: yeah, this is one of the this is one of the few times I've read these emails ahead of time so there was a, quite okay. a few of them uh, uh as far as a, a another YouTube channel it took us four years to get the YouTube channel we're about to launch on, <laughs> on September 7th <laughs> yeah. you know p- people don't understand this is work you know
0: oh yeah I mean it's fun you want uh, it right we have, you want it right we put our time in it and research and... yeah
1: we have you know we, we, we have we, we have a producer's name is uh, Mike austin. Without him, there wouldn't be a podcast. Yeah, And he's he's in California. He's a great guy.
0: So Thank God is right. We got, we never give him yeah, the accolades he very, deserves. Uh, we, I've been around we 23 Megan. years. I mean, the guy's. Yeah, major. We, we
1: had Megan while she was here until she went on to greener pastures. You know, she got a life, but this, this is work. You have to organize shows. You got to do research to have a style channel would mean uh, it wouldn't be uh, 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 an audio podcast. It would be a YouTube channel, yeah. which means a whole new set of rules. Green screens, uh, talking about clothes, showing clothes, having connections with the with the with clothiers. We don't have the time for that. Right. That said, Johnny and I do like to dress well. If you go to the uh, uh, podcast, the web page, you see a couple of pictures of us at our uh, book party. A couple of things I learned about dressing. Uh, I was a clothes horse ever since I just, I've been a kid, and so have you. Mm-hmm. I, I learned this from my father. My father was a very snappy dresser, and I just learned it by osmosis. But here's what I've learned as, as an older man. Well, old man. The older you get, one, dress your age. Uh, don't try to be uh, a younger version of yourself. Dress your age. Dress in classics. Don't buy anything that's stylish. Buy uh, something that's always in style. If you're looking for suits, if you're looking for uh, anything, pants, shirts, uh Colors should be, uh, you know, whatever colors you look good in. You know, I can't dictate colors, but but dress your age. That's very important. Do you own a pair of cargo shorts? Get rid of them. <laughs> They're the most disgusting looking things I've ever seen. Uh, How about sweatpants?
0: Everybody's wearing sweatpants and sneakers everywhere now. I can't believe it.
1: Yeah, well, it's it's comfortable, but if you if you're looking, you know, you should be stylish. Not to impress other people but to impress yourself i know when i get dressed to go out somewhere it makes me feel good
0: me too. i mean i don't
1: have to dress i work in a house and johnny does a lot of his business inside you you look good you feel good it's a psychological
0: thing. i dress every day to go for a walk on the street dress, there you go and shave you don't have to dress you, i get dressed because. you don't have to
1: put a tuxedo on no but you, you have to dress just stylish get rid of the cargo shorts uh get 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 rid of uh, athletic sneakers; they belong in the gym. They don't belong on your feet on the street. Anybody own a pair of white socks out there? I don't care if they're sweat socks. Burn them. You shouldn't be wearing white socks for any reason. But I go to the gym with sweat socks. Sweat socks. If you have to do it, that's okay. But I don't even agree with that. But get get rid of get rid of white sweat socks or white socks of any kind. Square toed shoes. That is a capital offense where I come from. You get executed. You walk down my block with square-toed <laughs> shoes. You may not walk off the block. Get rid of them. You know, if you're looking to attract, you know, you you do dress for yourself, but you also dress for other people, primarily women. I mean you want you you know, you want you want to look good if you're single particularly, or even if you're married, you mm-hmm. you, you don't want to go out with your wife and and, and look like a, a bag of rags. What's the first thing? I, you know, I've, I've asked women, numerous women. What's the first thing you notice about a man? His shoes. I've got this over and over and over again. Where could, you know, spend money on shoes. Don't say, hey, hey, look, why should I spend money, $500 on a pair of shoes, when I can get uh, uh, shoes that came off 80 bucks? Because they look like 80 buck came out shoes. They will last you an hour and a half, and you'll be buying another Came of Kmart $80 shoes buy good shoes buy stylish stuff and above all keep them shined most men that I know and a lot of my friends are, are in there they they look like they shine their shoes with a Hershey bar
0: <laughs>
1: shine <laughs> shine your shoes it's important and the last thing get your clothes fitted you know if you're in decent shape you know, Johnny and I are the same size. You know, we're, we're slim. We're 42s. Uh, but uh, particularly if, if you're slim, and even if you're not, I mean, if you're not morbidly overweight, but uh, you know, you've got, got a couple of pounds on. You deserve it. You live the life. You, you're older now. Get your clothes fitted. Don't wear baggy anything. Get your shirts tucked. Uh, it's, it costs you 10 bucks from a from a tailor. Get your pants hemmed. Don't have the pants pooling on top of your shoes. Look good. Feel good. That is my bicentennial minute when it comes to dressing all the men. Next email, unless you have something, Johnny.
0: No, I mean, after that, you you covered it for both of us.
1: <laughs> I mean, some of this stuff, I can't tell you, you know, uh, we go out on a, on a Saturday night and go into a, a decent restaurant. I mean, we live in small town America, but some of these places are nice. The women invariably look good. Oh, Always. Yeah. And I mean, dressed to the nines, but dressed well. Makeup, hair is done. If they're wearing jeans, they're they're, they're tailored, they look good, they're fitted. Whatever they're wearing, the top is fitted. The husbands, the boyfriends, look like they're rolled out of bed. Baseball cap reversed, uh, sweatshirts, yesterday's lunch on it, sweatpants, jeans that are baggy, these, you know, uh, uh, athletic sneakers. That just annoys me. They're, They're thick, clunky, and dirty.
0: Well, you know what's bothering me more than anything. Like the one one thing that I, I do not understand: why are they allowed to wear baseball caps inside of restaurants now?
1: Well, you know, you take
0: your hat off.
1: I, I agree. Uh, in in this day and age, however, you know they people take any customers they can get. You know, I mean. Oh, I they, understand they, they, it. By but mean, but I mean, but. but I but I but I. Uh, with that too. <clears throat> if if I'm going out with with other people and they're sitting at a table with me, I'll be nice about it, but I'll say, hey, things take your hat off."
0: It's oh polite. yeah, I do. But not
1: not to talk down to them or anything. But no, you know, I just please, uh, particularly if if they if they come in come in my house and they leave a hat on, the hat comes off. No, it's just not 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 polite.
0: But they so, don't know that. That's just so crazy. I mean, well, to me, it's their, like their,
1: their fathers, like. Don't want to use the word blame, but they—they—they're uh, they, they, a mirror image of what your kids are going to be. And and if you as a as a father look like you don't care, they won't care either. Oh yeah, no. And I, I can't see that. You know, people always just wow. Wh- where did you get this? Where did you get that? How come you're dressed up? I got on a sweater and a leather jacket. I'm not dressed up, but it's clean, it's shined, and it looks good. You know and that's that's all so as far as style channel goes there uh, channels where well, there are plenty of them one that stands out that every now and then has an episode about uh the older, older men it's called real men real style it's on youtube check it out a former marine uh runs it and he, he's been off for many many years you'll learn something
0: well that's that's a, a mouthful of style for me. I tell you,
1: it's, I certain things it. that bother me in life are people that just don't care what they look like. And no. it just annoys the hell out of me. Okay. Uh, this is for you and I, Gianni, from Ed. Uh, with what you know, what advice would you give a guy who lives in an OC neighborhood of organized crime and is considering going that route? What? I'm, he's not saying he's considering going that route, but I'm reading between the lines. Maybe he is. Well, what, if, what
0: else would he be asking that for? Well, I mean,
1: maybe he's just curious. <laughs> I don't know.
0: But today, in, I mean, I've, especially you and I, we're from the same cut of cloth in, in that neighborhood. What's to go do now? And what are you going to become? A Shylock? What are you going to be? A pimp? What are you going to be? There's nothing there. What's, what's you know what the I, route what, he's gonna what, go do?
1: Exactly, when people ask me that, I taught uh, uh, a course when I was teaching in local University on organized crime. I taught it many, 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 many times. And uh, there's a, a portion of it is why sons follow their fathers. You know, if they come from the neighborhood, their fathers are made guys, why, why do they go into it? They're less socialization, the fathers look like they get respect and all that, but you gotta ask yourself, what's your <clears> future? There's no, you know, you're gonna when you're young, you're gonna make some money, you're gonna get a lot of women, you're gonna have a bankroll, nice car, but where do you wind up?
0: Well, not only that, I mean, I'm, I'm in, I'm still live in New York. I'm still go to old neighborhoods to visit old friends. They they're not doing nothing. <laughs> There's new kid, these new kids, that I don't want to mention anybody's names, sons' names even. <laughs> they they're so out of. Whack with reality, it's ridiculous. And what can you do today? The the one thing that is so different, and I think anybody that's got a half a brain will understand it, when I did it and when other people did what they did to do what we wanted at that time, there was no cameras, there was no recording devices, there was not everybody on every street corner. When you did someone, they took a picture of you.
1: You're going nowhere. It's over. You have to understand, I mean, if, if 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 I was a captain and I had a crew, first thing i I, I tell them at, at, at a meeting, i say, assume that wherever you are, you better smile because your picture's being taken. Yeah. What can you possibly do where you have total a- anonymity? Like, you had 40 years ago when, when organized crime controlled New York, let's face
0: it, Hello. Iran. It was a great times,
1: there's no upside to it. There's only misery, uh, broken marriages, violence. What's the upside? I I, I could never see it. So if uh, uh, Ed, Ed, if you're thinking about this, please don't. I mean, yeah. I'm looking at it from both from a police officer's point of view, and I grew up in in, in, in the uh, in the neighborhood. I've, I see what becomes of these people. They're yeah. broken old men. So yeah, I mean, give us
0: a I mean, if anybody knows their life. Unless you're born into a family that's got, you know, uh, 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 I don't Your father know. runs the family. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. You know, and but even still then. A lot. I mean, even now, I mean, the Colombo sons are, I mean, I know so many sons of sons that, like Pat's saying, it's over. It's over.
1: Yeah, the hate day's over. Yep. Why would you do it? All right. So let's hope, you know, you uh, know, a, a, a good thing to do is become a priest. Go hey, that route.
0: But oh, even then, no. there's no, problems Oh my God, there. no. <laughs> yeah. Watch you, your hands. You, you okay. really, you're really coming up with some interesting things tonight, Pat. <laughs> <laughs> Okay.
1: Okay, here's the book question. Uh, from Gianni and Patrick from Lynette. I wonder if that's the same Lynette. Anyway. Uh, what can you tell your audience regarding your new fiction series? I'm looking forward to the first book. Well got to be careful here because you don't want to give the farm away. Oh, no, yeah. Johnny and I are writing a book. Uh, it's going to be the first in a series. Uh It's just fiction. That's just exactly what it sounds like. Only Johnny has a disclaimer. And I thought this was really cool. Uh This book is a work of fiction except for the parts that are true. So
0: <laughs>
1: the beauty about this is, and I'm having a book for the both of us having a good time with this because you can say a lot of stuff in here by just changing a letter, <laughs> you know, somebody's name or changing a date a little, and you can have a really good time. If certain things really happen that we can't talk about because law enforcement doesn't know about it, for example, or, right. or, or rivals don't know about it. But then a work of fiction. You can do that.
0: See, and that's why when Pat and I sat and said, listen, we have so much more to say, but we have to say it in fiction because I, I'm, you know, we got away with a lot, and got the, the, the one, you know, *Hollywood Godfather*. <laughs> there was a lot there, and there was, yeah, we, okay. there was actually a timing of two people I was worried about, and fortunately, the one guy I was worried about died the week before the book came out. I can't believe he died March eighth. <laughs> well, perfect timing. I know, but you know, but, and then there
1: were other people. So,
0: yeah, I'm not, I know. And that's why now we're doing this and. We don't have to worry about anything. And we'll yeah, We mentioned
1: real names, and but it's a story that is, is fictionalized. Uh, we just got our cover. This is something I wanted to ask you, John. I haven't had a chance. Uh, I mean, you you want to release the cover to our webpage or not?
0: I don't think yet. No, I think... Well, I, uh, I, yeah. I I want. I they to to did it on the day and buy the book.
1: Well, it's only a cover. But I don't know. My way of thinking is...
0: People not see a cover.
1: Way. Them, I think there's a book attached to it, and there isn't yeah. <laughs> at this time. It's yeah. being written. So yeah, you're right. Yeah. Uh, maybe within uh, you know a couple of weeks prior to we'll yeah. throw the cover out. It'll but the, be the cover out this we, year.
0: yeah,
1: sure. yeah, yeah. We have a very talented uh, artist that did a cover. It's beautiful, uh, very interesting. And uh, uh, somebody said, uh, "What is it about?" Uh, it's about 300 pages. <laughs> but we're not we're not saying anything. Okay, so no. don't ask. If
0: you like the first book, you're gonna love the second one.
1: Yeah, you're gonna love this one. First of many. Okay, from Gianni and Patrick from Alfredo. I know it's a hard question, but what do you consider the best Italian restaurant in New York, or at least one of the best?
0: Wow. But yeah. I, I Jesus, I, I would offend people. There's so many. Well, no. There's so many that I go to, Parkside especially. Yeah, that was my, that was my pick. You know, I, I, my cousin right down talk- the corner. Uh, Scana Nutella, El Pastino. I mean, these are all relatives. They got good restaurants.
1: You know, I think when you talk about uh, best or favorite, it's a lot more to it than food.
0: Yeah. It's the atmosphere, you know? how they treat you. It's the ambiance. It's... In New York City we are spoiled because we have a choice of picking a lot of good restaurants and like any other city with the amount of restaurants we have this I'm, unfortunately I'm finding more of the quality of food going down because of the price of it and they've gone through tremendous hardship with covid and they're just trying to make ends meet and stay open so you, 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 I would stay home and eat. But,
1: <laughs> well, you know, when I I say the, uh, the best, you know, the first thing that comes to your mind, like somebody says, you know, think of a number. okay? So think of a favorite restaurant. I, I think at a park side because of the memories, the food is outstanding.
0: It still is. It's amazing. Yeah. But he's been, but he, the memory. To, yeah. Yeah,
1: place. yeah. I mean, uh, we had our uh, wedding dinner there. Oh, I don't no, know if I've ever told you. Me. no. Yeah, we did. Yeah.
0: Well, that's wild.
1: Uh, yeah, in fact, the guy who owned Il Cominetto, uh was the chef at Parkside at the time. Right. Il out of business. He was the chef, yeah. Alfredo. You know, uh, it's not the same Alfredo. No. Well, just I don't think anyway.
0: No, I don't. Think he was
1: mean. the. Maid. He's always been the main. But very, very pleasant memories of that place. Yeah. Treated like the uh, like world. The. Uh, food, a Thursday night has a book night, you know, a lot of things go into favor. Yeah. You know? Okay. Two more to go, uh, for Gianni and Patrick from Susan, if you ever had to live your life over again, what's the main thing you would have done differently?
0: Me? Nothing. You know, I, I've been this, asked this question, but so many times, and, uh, and the people who read the book would probably say, well, maybe in the earlier days. You know, I think that the hardship and learning what life is really about at the age I did and was able to survive it put me on a road of success from 12 years of age, which, you know, I watch even my own kids. Before they really hit the ground, maybe they're 21, 22 because they're getting out of school, it's, you don't have that. To to grow up and to grow up the way I did, I, I wouldn't want to grow up any other way. I learned so much so soon and got s- successful early on because of it, I think.
1: Yeah, I, I, I agree. You have to uh, experience a lot of failure, a lot of hard knocks. Another thing, <laughs> uh, we're talking about things that annoy me, which is so many things. Uh, when I first started having children, I had children late. That was 40 Eight when my first son was born but uh when you know when you stop playing baseball and sports everybody gets a trophy i don't care if you lost every game and during the season you get a trophy that's wrong you yeah. gotta teach kids how to gotta teach kids how to fail you know uh because yeah. failing is part of
0: and the challenge you, challenge of yeah. winning hello yeah
1: but as, as far as me what i've done differently if i could turn back the clock i mean i like my life i had a great life i have a great life uh i would have had my my sons uh ch- or children younger i was too busy trying to be indiana jones and i wasted a lot of years but uh, maybe that i would have done different other than that well, i'm content
0: oh you got two great boys too. So hello
1: yeah thank you uh this is the last one for patrick from ernest what are you reading now? Have you added any favorite authors to your list? Well, we discussed that. What am I reading now? Uh, an old novel by uh, Herman Wolk, I believe, is the author called Young Blood Hawk. It's, uh, it's it's a classic. It's also a a, a doorstop. It's like eight hundred pages, but it's a very well written novel. Young Blood Hawk.
0: Eight hundred pages would take me a year.
1: <laughs> I, I just mammoth books. I just finished uh, Here's something else. Uh, uh, Tom Clancy, who was a big uh, thriller reader, uh, writer, read everything he ever wrote. The guy died in 2012, and he's still writing books. Now that is a prolific author.
0: There you go, <laughs>
1: the, yeah, dude. Tom Clancy and huge type, and then a tiny little type on the bottom of the book is with or you know Mark Greeny or Grainy, right. whatever. So, I mean, I, I just read a, a a Tom Clancy book that of course he didn't write. It's fairly new, but the guy who is writing the Mark Greeny. Who wrote the Grey Man series? That's another author you should put on your list if you haven't. The Grey Man, it's a phenomenal series. Uh, and uh, books by Jack Carr, if you like thrillers. Jack Carr is an ex Navy SEAL. He's got a podcast uh, called uh, Danger Close. But Jack Carr, C A R R, those two people, Mark Greeney and Jack Carr, two good authors. That's it, buddy.
0: All right, well. Another great show, and we love the Mailbag Show, so keep sending them Mailbag because we get great material and uh, show ideas, which we've used numerous times. So again, thank you for tuning in, and um, Pat, have a great day and night, and I'll talk to you during the week.
1: Good night, you too, I will see you when I see you. All right. Good night, guys. everybody.
0: Good night, everybody. Woo! If you're feeling sad and lonely, there's a service I could render. I'm the one who loves you only. I could be so warm, so tender. Call me. Don't be afraid, you can call me. Maybe it's late, but just call Tell Thank me. Thank you for
1: tuning wrong. in to the Hollywood Godfather Podcast. You can contact Gianni Russo, Patrick Picciarelli, or myself, Megan Haran, with your questions and comments through the contact section of our website, hollywoodgodfatherpodcast.com, which is where you can also subscribe to our weekly newsletter. You can also call and leave us a message at 646-776-3038. Remember to follow us on Instagram at Hollywood Godfather and on Facebook, as well as leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We'd like to know what you like about what we're doing, what you'd like to hear in the future, and anything else you might suggest to improve our podcast. Most importantly, hit the subscribe button. We'll be back next week with stories of the mob and Hollywood, as well as answers to your messages.
0: Call me, don't be afraid, you can call me. Maybe it's late, but just call me. Tell me and I'll be around. I'll be around.